Happy Monday everybody! Welcome back to Good Morning Mondays, which is a series that aims to bring you good news, fun facts, new perspectives, and basically all things good vibes. We know that there's a lot of bad news going on lately, but we hope to show you that even in the bad, the good still exists as long as we are willing to look out for it. In a nutshell, this is just a conversation between two friends trying to stay positive, and we hope to inject some positivity in your lives too. So yeah, we hope you learn something new from this, and take away some feel-good vibes for the rest of your day. Okay, so I will start off with a piece of good news I found recently. Yeah. So I think the title of the article was something along the lines of Ex-Convict Now Owns Three Bakeries. Mm-hmm. So essentially how the story goes is that in 2013, Mr. Muhammad Khairul Anwar quit his full-time job to smuggle cigarettes from Indonesia into Singapore in order to support his family. However, he was arrested in 2015 and he was sentenced to two years and eight months in jail. During his time in jail, he decided that he could do better with his life and started thinking about what he wanted to do when he got out. So while he was in prison, he contacted his wife to quit her job as a staff nurse and enroll for baking classes so that she could start a home-based business and spend more time with their infant son. So when Mr. Kairu was officially released in 2016, his wife was mostly selling birthday cakes and brownies to family members and friends. And Mr. Kairu thought that, you know, he really wanted to start growing this business now that he was out of prison. Mm-hmm. So eventually, they opened their first store called Bakes by NY at Central Port, which I found out is located in Geelang. Mm. He paid for the startup cost with his own money. But over the years, his mother, family members, and even his grandmother helped out with the financial costs. So later on, they closed down their store in Geelang and expanded to other locations. And right now, they're at Tampanese, Ishun, and Simpan Bedok. So essentially, what this store is, it's called Bakes by NY, and it specializes in Italian-style stuffed donuts in all sorts of flavors, including flavors like Onde Onde, Milo Dinosaur, and Strawberry Cream. So okay, that was quite a long story. But I thought like when I first read this article, I was quite intrigued by it because I used to intern at Changi Prison, yep. and I learned a lot of things there. La. So I think first of all, being able to set up a successful business after you come out of prison is a great feat. Because yeah. a lot of us, like at least for me, like, I never went to prison or anything, but I already find it so hard to start a successful business. Yeah, yeah. So I think the fact that he got it done is something to be celebrated. And I think what touched my heart even more was that um, Mr. Kairu had a lot of family support um, during yeah. his prison time and when he came out of prison. Mm-hmm. So during my internship at Changi Prison, one thing I learned was that the support around you is very important. So mm-hmm. when these offenders come out of prison, depending on who is waiting for them at the gates, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say it fully um, determines whether they will re-offend or not, but it does play quite a big role. Yep. So if you come out of prison and your family is there waiting for you versus like your previous gang members are there waiting for you, then you're probably down, going down a very different path depending on who's waiting there. Yeah. So I think that, you know, with Mr. Cairo's family supporting him because he had a good support system after he came out of prison, you know, that led him to the path he is on today. La. Yeah, I think just listening to what you shared previously, I think really like credit goes to his wife who took the risk and really like, um, I guess, supported him and quit her job mm. to start the business first, right? Started as a home-based business that he could, he could mm. eventually build upon when he came out of prison. 
So I mean, uh, I imagine that him going to prison was definitely very very distressing for her, especially because they already mm. had like an infant son, right? Mm. For her to take that step and to make that sacrifice to like leave her stable staff nurse job to to start off a whole mm. biz- business, yeah, I think credit should really be given to her for that, lah. Yeah, I think in this case you can see how good partners they were in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that I learned during my internship at Changi Prison was that some people actually intentionally reoffend in order in order to go back to prison. So essentially, if they come out of prison and they realize that you know their family has left them, their old friends have left them, and they find it difficult to find a job, essentially they are left. Without a support system on the outside, mm-hmm. so because of that, they decide to go back to jail or to you know commit a crime for them to go back to jail because in jail is where like they have um healthcare available for them, there's food for them. I mean, prison is not the ideal environment, but it's better than having nothing on the outside. So mm-hmm. that was something that really surprised me when I learned that, and I I guess in Mr. Cairo's case, you can see how having a family there to support him really. Um, set him on a path where he didn't want to reoffend because he had he had family outside that he had to take care of. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's actually very heartbreaking to imagine that people who come out of prison rather return to prison because they find it so disorientating to come out into the real world and really isolating. I guess I think in Singapore there's crazy lot of stigma um, towards towards mm. ex convicts, right? Like and mm. it's unfortunate, like I mean, for me, I've been more exposed to like the drug side of things because I've like done mm. research on like drug offenders and everything who's gone to prison, and like essentially being a drug addict is not it's not a criminal crime, you know. And, like in Singapore, it's a crime, but most people become drug addicts really because addiction is a psychological issue, right? And they're treated like criminals for it, and it's so isolating for them to come out of prison and not have a have a support system and like fall back. Into drug addiction, etc. So yeah, mm. I guess this this I think this example, um, Kyle's example, really shows that how how important it is to have like a good family and good support after you come out of prison. But of course, I mean, by no means can we be in a position to blame um, families for isolating um, family mm. members who had come out from prison because obviously I think the entire ordeal of it was definitely very distressing. Mm. Yeah, I think on on one hand. Um, things are improving. I've seen articles where Singaporeans are becoming more receptive to ex-offenders, and they know the importance of giving people a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, lah, I mean, this is a very complex issue. Definitely. And obviously, what we are saying is not the entire picture, lah. But you know, I think by br- bringing up Mr. Cairo's story, I just wanted to celebrate his efforts. I wanted to celebrate his family, and mm-hmm. I think his story was very inspiring. And it shows us that if you give someone a second chance and you give yourself a chance at redemption, then it's always possible if you put in the effort, lah. Mm. Yeah, that's happening, right? The people are not inherently mm. bad. Okay, so. For my end, uh, for my piece of good news, okay. When I came across this article, obviously, I think when when I share it with you after this, it definitely does not come across as a piece of good news. But I think what stood out to me was the community effort behind uplifting this mm. family who underwent this tragedy. So what happened actually was um, that a family of ten had their home um, burned down just a few days before Hari Raya. So we don't know actually what the real names of um, the family members are, but um, the mother goes by Lin. So she's a single mom, and she has nine children, and um, she had eight cats, of which three had died in the fire, and so really, oh no. their 
their home caught fire. Uh, I don't know how it caught fire. And it basically everything just burned down like and I mean I, I imagine if a home catches fire, a HDB flat uh caught fire, I, I imagine that not much could be salvaged. And just I've never been in, in that position before, but just imagining it imagining having my entire home burn is it, mm. very, very scary obviously. Yeah. So what happened was that this was five days before Hari Raya and uh, it seems like this family is a Muslim family so they celebrate Hari Raya and you know Hari Raya is really it's a day of festivities and for this year to experience it like that I mean on top of just generally COVID and everything is so distressing for him, for them to have their home gone um, I, I think that's the worst it, that could happen right and so what happened mm. was that um, the community rallied together to raise over $10,000 to help them out um, over like five days I think mm. And of course, ten thousand dollars is by is by no means not enough to for a mother yeah. to support her nine children and rebuild their home. But I think just how fast um this money came in from community efforts was very encouraging, um to me. The charity organization that spearheaded um the fundraising was Free Food for All. So I think it's a charity organization that prepares free meals for um something like a soup kitchen prepares free meals for mm. less fortunate people regardless of race, religion, etc. And so they, so they have put the fundraising campaign on this um, website called giving.sg and it was through reading this article coming across this case that I also learned about giving.sg. So I didn't know that giving.sg existed and it's basically a one-stop national giving platform for Singaporeans um, to donate, volunteer and fundraise for any registered non-profits in Singapore. And I think personally, it's, it's very useful. I'm, I'm glad that I came across this site mm. because I've been trying... I try to find ways to give back whenever I can. Like, I think it's quite surprising I haven't come across it myself. Probably because I don't ex- actively like search online online but I normally like go off social media etc. But um, it's, very, it's a very reliable site because for one, it's supported by the government and mm. it's safe and really it's 100% um, committed to the charities. So you know that whatever money you donate goes straight to the charities because it doesn't charge a service fee. So I think like personally, every time when it comes to donating, or you know like in general when sometimes um, people on the street ask you to donate, yeah. or like they come door to door to donate, you're quite hesitant because you don't know um, whether they're legit, yeah. whether the money you give will really go straight to the charity, or is it some kind of scam or whatever. Mm. So I think this kind of site is reliable because you know that um, your money is going to do good lah. And it's also accessible for people who want to start like charities and fundraisers. I think you just have to fill in an online application form. It will go through an approval process and you can start donating. Yeah, so check it out. Uh, I urge you to to donate there. So right now, I think the fundraising is still going on for Madam Lin and her family. They have raised about $13,000 already. Wow. And I think, yeah, 10 days to go. So I mean, definitely, I think they can get they they will need all the help they can get. But even if it's not this, I mean, there's so many causes out there online. I think even I even saw like um causes to raise money for India for COVID nineteen because I think we all know mm. how dire the situation is there. Yeah. So it's not just local local causes, but even if you want to donate um to help out in other ways through volunteering, um although I'm not too sure how feasible that is right now with um the latest COVID regulations, but yeah, do check out giving.sg. I think it's a it's a good one stop platform, but other than that, I it was just it just got me thinking in general about like donation and giving back um, to society, and I think it's quite uplifting that 
recently, I've noticed in the last couple of months or year at least, okay, maybe maybe these sites uh, and these people have always been there on social media and it's just that I've never really come across them. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed like um, people um, raising like mutual aid requests online. Like basically like what, what happens is that they put up like an Instagram story saying that, oh, this person needs money um, to tie through the month because say maybe their money hasn't come in or they're supporting a sick family member or etc. And like they mm. feel like a pela you can give money to, and it's a very like um, it's it's a community effort basically. Um, just normal Singaporeans, normal people, just helping out each other to uplift each other. Yeah. So I think I was encouraged when I see people doing this on social media. Cause maybe I'm very cynical and pessimist. Okay, it's not maybe. I am a cynicist <laughs> and I am also pessimist. That like I feel in Singapore, everybody's really absorbed in developing themselves. It's competition, mm. right? I think this is how how we have been raised really to do your best mm-hmm. and really to achieve the best for yourself and we don't realise I think it's only after as you grow older you realise that there are a lot of institutional barriers to people being able to yeah. advance themselves in their lives right so people grow aware of these institutional barriers and so they, they try to help each other out um, in any way they can to give back yeah and I think that's one of the it's one of the perks of being like this social media generation, right? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because now, like you were saying, people share on, let's say, their Instagram stories that someone needs help. You can just like pay la to this person or pay now to this person. Yeah. And it, it becomes yeah. so easy to help someone out and so easy to yeah. also spread awareness. Yeah, and, and the best part is you don't even have to be somebody, you know. You don't have to be a leader. You yeah. can just be really living your normal life and decide that, one day you want to help out in this mm. and just you have a very accessible platform that can really reach out to many different people that's what social media essentially is right mm. and use it to do good yeah I mean as, as much as social media is harmful etc I think this is really one of its benefits la. and it's a strong benefit really like connecting people right yeah and I guess bringing yeah. community issues to the front la, rather than yes, you know definitely. having to rely on mainstream media now we have social media to highlight the lives on the ground in a sense yeah yeah definitely okay and i think this ties in with kindness day that is coming up right yeah so on that note now that we've talked about you know this giving.sg we've talked about how singaporeans are promoting or helping other people through social media this links to something we're going to talk about which is kindness day 2021 which is happening on the 21st of may this coming friday if you're not sure what kindness day is Essentially, it was inaugurated in 2013 as an occasion for Singaporeans to come together in celebration of kindness and graciousness. It is to inspire one another and transform our society into a nation of kindness. So I thought that, you know, in order for us to celebrate Kindness Day in advance, um, we could share some stories of our own experiences of kindness. So maybe I'll start first. Essentially, when I think it was 2020 during the circuit breaker period, then um, my so essentially my brother and my sister-in-law live a few blocks away from my house and it's just the two of them in the in the house and I think back then my brother had reservist or something so he wasn't at home and because my sister-in-law had to work from home so so she had to be alone at home lah then she was commenting over dinner that oh no I have to be alone at home don't really want to be alone at home oh. so the next day um, I decided to send her a box of muffins, if I'm not wrong. And then, um, I wanted to deliver the box of muffins to her, so I used GrabFood. Mm-hmm. Then, the <laughs> the problem was, I didn't know what her unit number was. 
I didn't know which block and what floor, but I didn't know the exact unit number. So when I made the order, I texted the grab delivery man. I told him, um, if you alight on this floor, when you go out the lift, turn left and turn left one more time. The unit will be there. It's a black gate. Then, <laughs> so I was like, oh, what kind of nonsense instructions am I giving this grab delivery man? I hope he, I hope he understands. And I even told him like, um, can you please tell my sister-in-law that um, the, the muffins will keep her company and the muffins are from Mei Mei. Like she calls me Mei Mei la. So it's the most awkward request I've put in for a delivery man before la. So um, he delivered the muffins. Then he texted me back like, okay Mei Mei, I've delivered your muffins. And I told her that the muffins will keep her company. And then he was like, oh, by the way, the unit number is da 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 da. I was like, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, but I think at that time, it really made my day. Like, yeah. no exaggeration, it made my day. Because, I mean, it's such an awkward request, but he still did it. And then, um, he texted me the unit number. So, I think overall, it was, you know, you can tell that he put in a lot of effort yeah. into this, yeah. like, one delivery out of his, like, don't know how many dozens of deliveries in that day. Yeah. So, uh, I felt very touched by his effort. Lah. Then I was like, oh my god. This, this uncle is so kind. So uncle, if you're listening, thank you uncle. <laughs> I think for me, it's more closer to home. So I mean, just for context, I live in quite an old neighbourhood. So um, growing up, at least when my grandmother was still around, like, she would talk with her neighbourhood aunties. Like, I follow her down to the market, she would be stopped by I don't know how many people on the way to say hello and everything. But like, as, as the years have passed, I feel like um, as the older people are passing on, um, the people who are left in my neighborhood are like the younger generation kind of thing. Mm. So that kampung and like the the families who have moved in also are like younger. So like kampung that kampung feel is not really exactly the same anymore. But uh, what happened for for me was it's just a few. It happened a couple of times like uh, over circuit breaker ever since COVID started. Mm. Like you know Singaporeans started to bake a lot. And so my neighbors like living directly above me and like a few floors up also started baking too. And like we would randomly get like. Uh, cakes from them like really whole cakes okay like they would bake for us so like, sweet we never asked they never yeah, yeah yeah they never asked they never say anything like they would just appear on your doorstep like oh we baked cakes and like I remember one of it was really so pretty like it was so so pretty it was like this earl grey cake mm. and it was like purple with like um, different colourful like little flecks in the purple um, oh. layer yeah it was so aesthetic I didn't want to eat it actually because it was so <laughs> nice like, I was so happy to cut the cake and this other time, I had this like orange butter loaf that my mm. neighbor directly above us um, baked for us. And yeah, so it's just these small things, like especially I think like during circuit breaker time in COVID, when you really don't have that human interaction beyond yeah. like your your family members, right? To like to have to 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 know that your neighbors are thinking of you or like people living around you are thinking of you to actually go the extra mile mm. to bake for you and deliver to you. Um, I think it was very uplifting then lah. Of course, I mean, I enjoyed it because I was sweet too. <laughs> so I was like, keep them coming. I'm not saying no. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's just something that um, stood out to me. And yeah, it brings back the, the kampong vibes also. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Because you know, uh, when your neighbour does this for you, you want to do something to reciprocate. Yeah. yeah, so like I think it, the kampong vibe does come back, you know. It's like a community. You don't really feel like isolated from them anymore. Mm. So, I guess to wrap up as a whole, if you want to find out more about Kindness Day Singapore 2021, you can visit kindness.sg or the Singapore Kindness Movement on Facebook. So yeah, that's all we have for you today. Please don't panic buy. 
Stay home as much as possible and remember to show some kindness to yourself as well. See you! Take care!